This episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast is brought to you by C-Dick Run. The high school track season is less than 20 days away, which means you still have time to get everything you need to start the season off right. It's good to find a new pair of shoes about every six months or when your shoe feels like it's beginning to lose cushion. A new pair of shoes can be one of the best tools for injury prevention and can make all the difference in how you feel. If you're in need of a fresh pair of shoes, C-Dick Run has got you covered. From all the top brands like Hoka, Asics, Mizuno, New Balance, and so many more, the experts will find a shoe that's perfect for your foot. And if you need a new pair of spikes or throwing shoes, you're also going to find a great selection at SDR. Not from the area? Give the shop a call and they'll be happy to ship you whatever you need. That's right, everything you need for a successful track season and more at Cedic Run, where life and running intersect. Austin Miller might just be the best distance runner that you've never heard of. But trust me, if you haven't heard his name yet, you will soon. Just a few weeks ago, the Sioux Falls native joined the list of American sub-4 milers, running 357.9 at the Boston Terrier Classic to break the 4-minute barrier for the first time. Austin, who was a multiple-time All-American Augustana and now runs professionally for Tin Man Elite, has his sights set on running fast and achieving really big goals in the sport. But what if, after hearing this entirely impressive resume, I told you that he didn't start running a track until his senior year of high school. Austin's story is a great testament as to why you should always bet on yourself, and you'll get to hear how he's doing that each day on the professional scene. It's very fitting that his Instagram handle is whoisamills, that is whoisamills with a Z, because you're going to find out after this episode. So without further ado, let's dive into the latest episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Enerson. And I'm your other host, Cameron Rail. And today we are hanging out with one of the newly minted sub-four-minute milers here in the United States. Austin Miller out of Sioux Falls, Washington, uh, had the biggest come up. We're going to talk about it uh, through his college years. Started off as a 159-800 guy in high school. Ended up being multiple-time All-American. Uh, and now he is... A sub four minute mile or three minutes, 57.9 seconds uh, just the other week. So, Austin, we're super excited to have you on the show. Hey, guys. What's up? It's good to be here. Yeah. Okay. So, when Cam, you came in the room, like, do you guys know each other? Have you raced each other before? I don't know. I, I should have tried to look back at some results. Like, there's a good chance that we have, but um, I, I, I can't say for sure. Where'd you go to school? NDSU. Okay. So, graduated in 19. 19- um uh, possibly then or yeah maybe, maybe some 800s or something yeah see that that's where i think maybe we missed each other because i was always like i uh tilted towards the 3k steeple side of the 15 okay, okay. yeah so um yeah up until those years i was doing predominantly like 800s and stuff so i probably missed you but yeah yeah that's it's kind of crazy how um like you, you run into so many different people, uh, you know, especially in the, in, you know, college, you go out to California and you, you race, you know, all yeah. sorts of different people or, you know, wherever, wherever your team goes, you know, I've, I've gone back and looked at like some results and, uh, I, I raced against Matt Wilkinson in oh, the, yeah. in the steeple, like his like freshman year back when he was still like, you know, D3 and stuff. So that was, that was kind of a, a fun little nugget that I found not too long ago, but, uh, He's a yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So kind of cool. 
Yeah, Austin, we're just kind of like going to go through the progression. We want to start like talking about where you started to where you ended. Um, but one question, kind of almost a game that I want to start off with is you're a Sioux Falls, Washington guy. And yeah. uh, being from Grand Forks, we we hear about the Sioux Falls schools. We don't really know too much about them. Never play you guys in anything. Can you rank uh, all of them for us, you know, top to bottom? Oh, yeah. we got to go Washington, number one. Lincoln, number two. I always kind of wish I went to school there. Uh, then we'll go O'Gorman, number three. Sioux Falls Roosevelt, number four. Man. Uh, was Jonah Warwick, was he a Washington guy? Yeah, he was. That dude was a stud back in the day. I was gonna say, were you? Did you overlap with him? Were you high school teammates with him at all? No, I know he. Um, I saw him compete in college a few times, but he was, I think, a couple of years before me. Um, like, had I run all four years of high school, I probably would have run into him. But um, I only did senior year, so I, I, I don't know much of the alumni too well. Yeah. So tell us about that. You so you only ran track your senior year of high school. Yes, sir. What what were you doing before then? Oh, I was uh, I was a big time soccer guy. Um, I grew up um, playing like you know rec league, and then I eventually moved up to like travel teams and stuff, and was playing that for I don't know maybe eight years uh, up until you know all throughout high school and. For the longest time, I, I wanted to do college soccer, um, but I just I couldn't really break through and I couldn't get, you know, any offers anywhere. I just I wasn't quite good enough. Um, and a number of my friends who were also kind of on those travel teams and played with me at Washington, like were also good runners. Um, like I'm thinking of like Alex Durr and Alec Cray and some of these other guys who were really solid runners, you know. Yeah, like state champion type guys and, and running and they were doing one in the fall like they would you know run cross-country practice right after soccer practice like they would go and do their whatever jog they needed to do and I was like oh like you know maybe I can try out for track at some point and I think I did try out for track my junior year but I really didn't like it um, I remember they took us to this big hill and like the first day and we were just running up, I was like, dude, what's the point? Like, this sucks. Like, I don't want to do this. So I, I didn't end up going out for track, but my senior year, I was like, you know, whatever. Like, let's, let's just see how it goes. I just needed something to do um, just to occupy myself. So ended up doing that. Um, and yeah, did not start out well, but ended up. Yeah really liking it and liking the kind of the community around the team and uh, like got to know a ton of different people that I, I hadn't known throughout high school. And, you know, I just really liked the guys that I was hanging out with and I really like just the individual side of the sport. Like I growing up playing soccer, like you're so reliant on a team and I always felt like I was good enough to play in college, but I just, I didn't have, you know, a good enough team around me to kind of like vault me into that spot I knew I could be in. Um, so it was cool to be in a sport where it was just like, you know, you do what you can do and like that all kind of comes out on the track. Um, so yeah, high, high school track, like it was super great. 
uh, and, and I loved it. So that's why I wanted to keep doing it in, into college. So. Yeah. So, I mean, you'd say it was like the community and the, and the, the camaraderie of track that it made you uh, want more. Yeah. I mean, I thought just being a part of a team like that, where we were all kind of chasing separate goals and like in high school, I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't great. Uh, so I was, you know, basically just being thrown on relays, like the four by four and the four by eight. And I just, I really enjoyed that part of it. Like we, I got really close with the guys I was doing those races with and um, just had a blast. I mean, I, that, that, that spring of my senior year was super fun. And yeah, I just, I just really like, didn't know too much about the sport going in and like you know as you kind of get into it it's like you just get kind of thrown into like like it's just such a niche thing track is and all these guys are talking about all these different races all the time and so I started watching races and you know starting to follow like these big guys in the sport and just seeing the times that they were putting down like as a really poor runner myself in high school. I was like, wow, this is, this is incredible what these guys are doing. Um, and, you know, you just kind of become a fan of the sport first before you become kind of a, like a player. And right. um, yeah, I just, I just really enjoyed just kind of falling in love with a new sport all over again. <clears throat> For sure. Who are some of the first uh, athletes you remember like following? <laughs> Well, um, you know, I was training with a bunch of like 800 guys. So one of my teammates would like watch the David Rudisha 140.91 world record before like all these big races that he had. Just it was like a tradition he had. And I just remember like watching that race. And I was like a, you know, two, 205, 800 guy, whatever. Um, and I was like, wow, that guy ran 25 seconds faster than me over half a mile. You know, it's like, I remember just being amazed by that at the time. And we would watch, you know, the most recent Olympics to that point were 2012. So we would watch all the Olympic races from 2012 with Mo Farah and uh, Rudisha and the Americans like Centro and Galen Rupp. And then um, you just kind of get down the rabbit hole of all the American records that were at the time and so, yeah, I remember just being a fan of predominantly like 800 guys. I loved, I loved watching that event. Um, and yeah, Radisha was obviously the best and it's always fun to watch the best people. Now I would assume you're a pretty competitive guy and, you know, you mentioned like Cam was talking about like the camaraderie trying to take you to the next level. Like, Oh, I want to keep doing this. But when did it like, when did the spark kind of start? Cause you know, everybody can be that guy that goes out for the team and like does a few workouts and runs a few races and enjoys kind of the, it seems like all the parts of track that isn't racing, but when did the spark really hit and you thought, okay, this is something I could be good at. Um, definitely wasn't right away. I mean, it took me a few meets, but I, I remember my, my coaches were so great back then. Um, you know, Everett Gebhardt and Shane Riley, um, like these guys saw me come into the team and, you know, I was really bad and had never run before. And, um, 
they just kept kind of throwing me into stuff and pretty early on like they were they, they would just tell me stuff like dude you're gonna be you're gonna be so good like I remember Gebhardt kind of pulling me aside one day and he's like dude you're gonna be like a 149 guy here soon like I, I believe you can run really fast and like it might not be now but like in the future you're gonna be really good and and that like just hearing that was really encouraging. I was like, okay, like these guys have been around the sport for a while. They were, you know, competed in college. They've seen all these great athletes come through the program. Um, you know, like that's encouraging to me just to hear that I have the potential to like, at least from what they're seeing, like technically from me that I I'm gifted and I can, can do these things. And I think I just like, was chasing that more than anything. It was just like, Oh, these guys see that. So like, I might as well just kind of put all my eggs into this basket. Excuse me. Yeah. I, is there like one, one race, I guess that like sticks out as uh, when you like believed kind of what your coaches were saying that you could be really good someday. Yeah. I mean, I think racing over time, it just started becoming like kind of easier and easier for me. Just, and and I would look around and I was like, man, these guys just like, I haven't been doing this very long and I'm like already just as good as some of these guys. And I remember, um, I think it must've been like the state four by eight, like up until then, I mean, I was running 208, 209, just really struggling in the open races, but I got on the four by eight at state and I think I was like the third guy and um, super hot day. I remember, I remember it just being really hot and we had this kind of goal of breaking eight minutes. Um, and I think I split like a one fifty nine. And th at the time that was big for me. Like that was kind of that barrier that a lot of us high school guys were like really happy with mm -hmm. breaking two in the 800 and, helping your relay team do well. And I think that point I was like, okay, I, I broke two, you know, and I saw over time, I, I, I think the recruits were kind of starting to come out for some of these colleges. And I saw that there was guys that were running, you know, sub two and were getting, getting to go to school to run. And I was like, okay, I could probably do that. Um, but yeah, that was probably the race that I was like, okay, you know, I have more in the tank for some of this stuff. So touch on recruiting a little bit, because we all know that track is the sport where you really have to sell yourself. And you didn't really have a body of work to show from your junior season. You start behind the eight ball. Uh, how did you get in touch with coaches? Did they see you? Uh, obviously, it worked out for Augustana, but tell us about that process. Yeah. Um, so one of my close friends at the time, um, he was like top three in the state in cross country and he was going to Augustana to race or to, sorry, to run. And um, I didn't know much about Augustana at the time. Like I knew it was obviously hometown school, all this stuff. Um, but I didn't know what their running program was like, but he would mention like that they're a really good division two program and all this stuff. And uh, before after after my senior year ended, I was like probably going to go to USD or USF, um, 
I wasn't really thinking about Augustana at all, but I remember hanging out with two of my friends that were runners at Washington and they were both going to Augustana. They're like, dude, you should like, here's the, um, what do you call it? Like the, the counselor that brings new students on. I can't remember what you call that, but they're like, here's her number. Like you should just talk to her and see if you can like schedule a visit just to go walk around and stuff. And maybe she can hook you up with the coaches. And, um, Madeline was her name and she, she, uh, knew the coaches pretty well, obviously like the coaches and the, you know, admission staff need to know each other pretty well. And she got me in contact with them. I went on a visit and I remember I went up to the coach's office um, and it was Greg Binstock and Scott Tannis, like the head coach wasn't even there. And those guys were like, they sat me down in there and they're like, yeah, um, you know, we'd be happy to take you as a walk-on like your coach, like my, my high school coach, Shane Riley had kind of like a glowing review about me and how he thought I was kind of like a, I think he said I was like a diamond in the rough or some shit like that. It was just like, he's like, this kid's going to be good. Like I, you should, you should like let him walk on. So they, they talked to me, they showed me kind of what group I'd be in. And at the time, like their top runner was Josh Barrows and he was like a 151 guy. And they're like, yeah, you're going to be training with him. And you know, like, yeah, like here's, we'll get you on some training and stuff. And, and that was that. So I, I just, I really wasn't considering any other schools for running. They just kind of like, were like, yeah, we, you can walk on here. Um, not going to give you any scholarship, but like, you know, we'll give you a spot. And that's, that's all it really took for me because at the time I just didn't really have anything else. I was like really set on. Um, I obviously wanted to go to a good school and get a good education, but um, yeah. Uh, so it was a really weird process. Um, and it, it was basically just my coach buying for me and me just showing up and being, you know, happy to, you know, do the bare minimum to kind of get onto a team. And yeah, that was, that was all that it took. Shoot. I had a question and I just forgot it. Oh, I was going to say, you were like really deep in thought about that. That one. was a big, it was a big wind up for, it was just a swing and a miss, but <laughs> Awesome. I like how you say like, yeah, it's like, it's all it took is if it's just like the easiest thing in the world. It's like, yeah, I didn't start until my senior year, like waited the last minute, but yeah, it was, it was easy. It worked out. Yeah. I mean, it was just, I knew I wanted to go to college. Um, and at that point I knew I wanted to keep running and um, they, they gave me both options. They gave me a good education and like a spot on a team and some, something to prove. And I was like, sick like i'll just keep keep at it and um the the first year was a real grind for me um i remember not doing much work in the summer going into it um you know i was just enjoying you know post high school fun and just hanging out with friends all summer didn't do a lot of training was working a lot um just trying to save up money for college and and then freshman year came around and <clears throat> I was training and I was like working a lot. Um, and I was, you know, obviously doing school and I was just way in over my head and 
um, I finally kind of started to figure it out as the year went on. But like, I remember the first semester I was just doing so poorly with everything. Um, but eventually I kind of got in a good groove as most college kids do and started to figure it out. Um, and I was racing. All right. I remember I was like with them kind of like longer sprint group. Um, and I was doing all these weird lifts with these guys and doing these like workouts I'd never done before and getting my butt kicked and, um, you know, but I was really enjoying it and racing started to finally kind of work. And, uh, at the time, like I was on a four by four and I was doing like 600 meters in, indoors and doing well at that. Um, and kind of just, but I never could put together a good 800, um, but I think they saw that I was, I had a lot of potential. And, um, so moving into sophomore year, I like, I hung around the cross guys a lot, the cross country guys, because my friend, my close friend was on the team and they had this big house and all these guys went over there to study and hang out and play video games and stuff. And, uh, I ended up hanging out with them a lot and they kind of convinced me that I should go out for cross country the next year. Um, that way I could just train with them because, you know, I was coming to them. I was like, dude, I hate like training with some of these guys. Like I just don't really fit in, you know, I know that my future is more like cross country. Like I just, I, I saw myself and I saw these other guys just big bulky, like sprinters. I'm like, I'm not supposed to be here. Like, um, and I had like a lot of belief in myself that I could eventually be a good, good, like distance runner and stuff. And, um, so sophomore year I joined the cross team and that's when things really started to like click for me. Um, and I was running well and like started to kind of get the coach's attention and they finally gave me some money. I think my first scholarship was like 750 bucks or something for a semester. Like, and I was like, nice. Like I got a, I got a scholarship, man. Like, and that's, that was the rest was history is like, all right, what can I do next year to get a bigger scholarship? Like, what can I do next year to like, you know, be better? Cause for me, it was like, I was working all the time just to like support myself. And I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. I just want to focus on school and running. And so for me, I was always just chasing, like, <laughs> I don't know, like the benefits of being good at running. Right. Like mm -hmm. it, it took a while for me to just like fall in love with the sport, like, and just like go, just go after like, being a good competitor and stuff just because I was so far away from that at first that I didn't have like the opportunity to do that. I was just so focused on other things in my life. And um, the further into college I got, the more I like just started to like really kind of see myself at like running post-collegiately. It took me quite a while. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you have any other questions before I kind of, get into like my later years in college and stuff but dude i got yeah. a big one where did you work man <laughs> well i was working um at high v i was a, like a doing all sorts of different jobs at high v you know working like on the weekends i'd work at like six o'clock in the morning and some school days i'd work in the morning and um you know i didn't have a car i was biking all the way to work um because i had to sell my car so i could go to school and like all this yeah. all this stuff like i was grinding man um because it's an expensive school and like i 
-hmm. I just had a lot of belief in myself that eventually I could make it work, but I was way in over my head freshman year. Um, and <laughs> so I was, I was working a lot, um, those first couple of years. Dude, do you know who Kurt Warner is? Yeah. Do you, so Cam, I don't know if you're familiar with the story or anybody listening, but you know, Hall of Fame quarterback, but for a while he lived in Des Moines, played for the Iowa Barnstormers and stock shelves at IV. And then like just last year they made a movie about him. So I feel like I don't know who we got to talk to, but I feel like you're you're following a pretty similar trajectory, Austin. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of guys like that where it's just like they know what they have and they just have to keep working at it. Um and I was still fortunate to be going to a good school and you know making making it making it work it wasn't easy but um yeah look I look back at those early years and I'm like that was that was a very important piece for me just to kind of understand the sacrifices I was making to get to that like stage that I'm at that I'm at now and I don't take things for granted but um but yeah yeah, man, I think that's such like most most college athletes don't have that sort of perspective, you know, especially if they're like like scholarship or they had some sort of success in high school, you know, they they don't have that same like drive to to be um like yeah. to to get the most out of themselves. Like uh, I Ryan and I have talked about this a little bit, but you see like it is kind of a broad thing. So I hope I'm not like offending any class and any, any of our class B, you know, uh, listeners here, but like for a lot of the smaller schools in North Dakota and I'm sure South Dakota, you get these people who are like, like, like multiple, like 20 times state champs. And then they go to college and then it's just not quite clicking for them right away. And then they just fall off and then they just like quit after like two semesters. And I almost wonder if it's cause they've like, had like a good amount of success and so they're just like okay with just like letting it be they're like ah i won state like 20 times yeah. you know but but you never had that and you know and so it's like oh man i i really want to see what i can do you know you didn't have anything athletically i guess to like fall back on so yeah i i wish i wish i knew like i i wish i knew what like i had the capacity or i i wish i knew what i know now uh whatever I wish I worked harder in, in college, you know, because because I I know now that I could handle a lot more and like the amount of work that it takes to like, you know, to to train and have a job. Like I, I understand and like appreciate that a little more. And I think if I had known that in college, you know, who knows? Maybe I would have just trained myself into the ground. But you know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It, it's a really cool um, perspective that not a lot of people have. So yeah, and that's just part of the D two thing too. You know, like. A lot of these D1 guys, no offense, like a lot of them, they just, the, the schools have bigger budgets for scholarships. And yeah. like, even at Augie, I mean, they, they, like, no one is on a full ride, right? It's like, maybe, maybe some women are just because of Title IX, but like the men's track team at my school was so limited that like, it was really competitive to get on scholarship. Um, so it was like, that's that was what I was working for was just like yeah. trying to be the best guy on the team so that I could be like, yes, I deserve to be helped so I can continue to like just get better at this, you know? Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. Definitely. So was okay. your, oh, go for it. 
Uh, yeah. So did I hear that right? Your first, you, you started running cross country, like your sophomore or junior year. Yeah. Sophomore year. I, I joined. I, yeah. 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 And I competed my sophomore year. Um, and I remember I had a pretty good race early on where I think I was a scorer, scoring runner. And I was like, Oh man, like, this is a good team. You know, this is a yeah. team that's always on the podium in cross country and uh, great runners, all Americans and, and track run on that team. And I remembered um, I was a scorer at one of the meets and I was like, okay, like I made the right decision here. Um, and I remember the summer before my sophomore year, like that was like, that was when the, that was the first time I trained really like hard, you know, like, Mm-hmm. I was running mileage in the summer and making sure I ran most days and I'd never done that before. And this is, that was the first time I was committed was, was sophomore year and just being on a cross country team. Like you kind of have to be committed like that. And that's why I did that in the first place is because, you know, those track guys were not doing that. Like they were drinking a lot and partying and, you know, showing up to workouts with really bad energy and, um, that's the whole reason I did that was just to have commitment yeah. guys around me that were like pushing me to kind of like continue to climb the ladder, if you will. So, you know, freshman year, a lot of fours and eights are getting it figured out. Sophomore year, you finally get a mile time in your tefers account, four minutes, 18 seconds, like good for somebody that's probably newer to that distance, but you redshirt as a junior and then all of a sudden, boom, your fourth year, you're a senior, all American indoors in the 800. Like, yeah. And then, I mean, after that, like, you just start rattling them off. Like, uh, multiple-time All-American, you're setting school records. Just kind of talking about the second half of your college career a little bit and just, you know, it's finally clicking, but what else fell into place and and got you to that kind of mountaintop? Yeah, I mean, I remember after after I redshirted, uh, I was really, really hungry. Um I think before I got injured, I was like the alternate on the national cross country team. And, you know, I wanted to be on the team. And so I I trained really hard after I I got injured. I probably could have run that spring, but um, I just, I really wanted to save my eligibility for when I knew I could, could use it down the line. Um, So I, I just trained really hard all summer, came back, had a really good cross country season went to nationals and all this stuff. Um, and then just kind of used that fitness to like do really well indoors. And I was still kind of doing eight hundreds and stuff mainly. Um, finally got into a mile, I think senior year. Uh, and I, I think I was an all American. Yeah. Yeah. I was an all American in the mile and the 800 in the same, same weekend, which was big for me. Um, and yeah, from from there, I was like, okay, you know, I, I've I've qualified qualified for this stuff. Like, let's start trying to like compete because like I always kind of looked at everything as kind of just this like ladder. Like each there's all these different rungs. Like qualifying for conference, you know, all like all NSIC or like NSIC champion or like qualifying for nationals, you know, all American and then national champion. Like I, every year, it was just kind of like 
like a step up essentially. And I was like on the, just trying to focus on being, you know, the best athlete I could be. And I was, I was never like, Oh, I'm going to win a national title like early on. But like, as I went, I was like, okay, I did that. Now I can, you know, now I might be able to contend for a national title. And I, I, I luckily stayed really healthy for my later years. So that helped a lot. Um, and yeah, I just kept competing well and really just set really high expectations for myself and trained hard all year. And, um, you know, I also, I had fun too, right? Like it's still college and I, I was, I was doing all sorts of internships cause you know, I didn't know what post-college had for me. So I was really invested in my business side of stuff and was getting really good internships at um, different marketing agencies um, and just trying to be competitive in that way too. Um, so I think I was really well-rounded um, at the end of college. I just, I could have gone into a good career or I could have, you know, potentially gone pro in running. Um, I obviously always wanted to go pro, um, but that wasn't realistic until literally like the spring of my last sixth year, essentially, like when I was running good times. Um, but yeah, I mean, end of college went great. I, I think I, I did everything I basically could have in the spot I was in. Uh, and I was like less than half a second away from winning a national title and that was kind of the, the last thing on my like last check mark I could have gotten, but I was runner up, you know, and um, was really happy with how my college career ended. Um, you just rattled down the list of all the things that you accomplished. Like, you know, that sixth year, second in the mile indoors, uh, you helped out the team DMR, sixth place for you guys. Um, my personal favorite is that your mile PB came at the uh, seventh annual indoor gorilla classic. Like, do you ever just drop that? That's the sauciest <laughs> school name or like neat name that you could have done that at. Yeah, no, that was in the middle of nowhere, like Pittsburgh, Kansas got a really nice facility, good track team. But yeah, I mean, I was going to rinky dink meets. Like I didn't have the luxury of to go into really high end meets. Um, and that was just part of going to Augie. Like we didn't have a big budget for stuff. Uh, and we just made it work. Like we were all kind of blue collar kids and, you know, when, when chances came up to go elsewhere, uh, like my sixth year, we finally got to go to California. Um, and we went to Brian Clay in April. And that was something that always been on my bucket list just to go somewhere with nice weather, good competition, um, all that stuff that like these other schools go there every single year. And like yeah. the, the guys run really fast every year. And I'm like, why are we not, why can't I not go to that? Uh, we finally scraped together enough money from some donor, like to get us there. Um, and like we were buying our own food and stuff out there and all this stuff because like our coach wanted to give as many people the opportunity to run out there as possible. And, uh, I ended up having a really good weekend. I, I ran 148 in the 800. Um, and then I, the next day I ran 340 in the 1500. And like, those were two times where I was like, I felt really good about that. Um, like that put me like top three in D2 and both of them, I'm pretty sure at the time. And um, that's kind of what I thought it took to get 
to pro from D2 is like being top three, you know, being a podium contender. Uh, and I was indoors and I had that on my resume and I was like, I'm going to do it outdoors. Um, and I might win, you know, like now I have some times to back it up. And I think that was right after that meet was like the, uh, that's when I thought I could move to the next level. So I was really, really grateful I could go to that meet because had I not gone there, I wouldn't have had good enough times. You know, I might've had good placements, but you know, a lot of these pro teams don't really care about that as a division two guy. Like you need to have kind of both. Um, but yeah. Well, after that meet, were you, you know, recruiting, uh, I guess you could say with, with any pro teams or were you reaching out to groups or what, what did that look like? Were you sat on your radar already or. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had a good idea of groups I thought I would fit in with. Um, but you know, I don't, I didn't have an agent, like a lot of these D one kids that are really good have agents mm -hmm. Their coaches are working with them to kind of connect them with pro coaches and stuff, uh, to get, you know, contracts. And I didn't have anything like that. So I was just doing what I, you know, had always done is just doing it myself. Uh, so I remember throughout college, I just had gathered all these race videos of myself just cause I knew my, the way I competed was always going to be attractive to people. Um, like I have a really good finish, really good last lap. I have a lot of potential to like, you know, once they see the training I'm doing. Um, but anyways, I gathered all these videos of my races. I would, I would go back and record them myself. I put them on this big Google drive shared. And then I wrote out these like messages to all these coaches. And I just use Instagram because I had no idea how to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. didn't have emails and I, I think I sent it to like Tin Man, Union, New Balance Boston and maybe like OAC or something like yeah, yeah. I had no idea what I was doing I was like yep like we'll try <laughs> it. see if we can get a response um and like I had reached out to Sam Parsons on Instagram because I didn't have any of the coaches information. I just said, Hey, this is me. Like, can you, you know, hook, hook me up with your coaches somehow so I can kind of give them my information. And he got back to me pretty quick, gave me Mark Hunter's contact info. Um, this was like right after Brian Clay. Um, Cause I knew I needed to kind of get the ball rolling. A lot of these pros have, have already done their recruiting um, and a lot of them don't have very many spots and, um, yeah, me and Mark Hunter, like just, we're talking over email. He watched all my races that I gave him and was really impressed and, you know, started kind of seeing my training and asking me all these questions about what, what I've been doing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that was basically that, um, basically was like, yeah, let's have you on a visit um, some date, like after NCAAs. And I was like, great, that's that's awesome. And I knew that once I had been on a visit, they were going to want me. Like, So once all that was kind of like figured out that I was going to go on a visit, they're like having me out to meet the team and stuff. Like I was like, I don't need to talk to any other groups. Like I followed Tin Man for a long time. 
I knew what the group was about. I knew, you know, the guys on the team were really good. Um, and that's all I needed. Like they have such a, their culture is so like, it's everywhere, you know, it's on YouTube, it's on Instagram. You can just see what the team is. So I, I kind of knew what to expect. Um, and so I just kind of had to go and sell myself to the guys and be like, yeah, you know, like, I think I'm going to be really good. Uh, I really hope you guys give me a thought. Um, visit ended up going really well. Um, and they offered me a spot on the team at the end of the visit. And yeah. So, so you, you said you were like marketing or business in, in college. I was your degree. Yep. Did, did that aspect, of uh like your interests you know were you thinking about that at all you know because to manly they're obviously you know with the youtube stuff and the merch like that they're, they're their own they're not just a team you know they're like a business so uh yeah, did you, was that part of your pitch that was a big piece yeah i didn't mention that um but before my visit i had gone out to portland track fest to try to get a u.s qualifier in the 1500 and uh, they had some guys out there, so we ended up having dinner, uh, and that was like my initial meeting with them. Um, and yeah, we just talked about everything. I was like, "Yeah, I, I do all this um, marketing stuff. I've worked at these agencies. You know, I was writing a newsletter at the time, um, and I knew that like all this stuff could help me with that. So I, I made sure to sell myself on that too, and be like, "Yeah." I, you know, I'm really business savvy. I, I have all these skills and I can help you guys start a newsletter. I can like help with podcasts. I can help with all these different things. And um, that was big for them because uh, I don't know if you guys know, but like they have another business called Hammer and Axe Training where all the coaches like basically are like virtual coaches and they sell training plans to marathoners down to like milers um and drew was essentially running that at the time and they were starting to do well enough to where he could kind of hire someone so that he didn't need to do everything so i came in and told him i could do all this stuff he's like like i i want to start a newsletter i want an employee to help me out with this stuff uh so that really helped like i think that's another piece they wanted me to help with that stuff um so yeah, I think that was just if I wouldn't say equally as important, but like very important that I had those traits as well, uh, because you know a lot of these recruits they're looking at they're just so like one sided. They're all in on track, like Division One, All American, but like they they didn't really do anything in school. Yeah, um, yeah. And I thought my Division Two background, I was working a lot. I was really focused in school and in running and really hadn't like maximized either. Um, so I think they were really interested in that. And I think that was a huge selling point for me for sure. Yeah. yeah being cognizant of your time, I just want to like ask you a couple more, but obviously, you know, it sounds like things off the track or you're fitting in well with the group. You're helping out with hammer and ax and it's been a smooth transition there. And obviously you've found some success. Uh, I just want to hear a little bit about the decision to go back to SDSU and try to break four in the mile there. Like how important was that to you? Cause it was super cool to have you go back to 
you know, not quite your hometown track, but a place you're familiar racing. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I grew up there. I grew up in Sioux Falls and my family's all there and it's, uh, it's pretty cool for me to go back and like run in front of my family and my friends and former classmates and teammates and coaches and you name it. Like, uh, so pretty early in the winter, I was talking to Rod behaving about it. Just like, Hey, I want to come, come back. Like, can you set up a fast mile for me? Um, cause I knew I was in shape to break four. I just needed it to be set up properly. Um, and yeah, he was super helpful about it. Like he basically was like, yeah, uh, I'm going to, he paid some guys to help pace. He like started kind of advertising it and got these other guys to join. Like Simeon came in, um, which I was stoked about. I've met him before and he came and ran with us in Boulder and I knew he's super talented. And, uh, then some other post-collegiate guys came. And so that was just important for me to have like a debut kind of low key, uh, in front of my family because they don't get to do that. And fortunately I didn't, didn't do it. I probably could have, I was just, I was just really rusty. Uh, but yeah, it was really fun to go back even just for like a weekend to just like, because I know pros don't usually go back. Um, and I thought it'd be cool just to show that I still care about doing stuff like that. And that's not always going to be the, I'm not always going to have time to do that. Um, but whenever I can, I'm going to try to like kind of organize things like that back home whether it's at like Howard Wood or something just to get the community involved in like high level running. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I think it's like, yeah, I, I think it's a great sport and it's given me everything. And um, a lot of those stories originated back there. So it's like just doing what I can to kind of give back. It's kind of my way of giving back is like just going back home, you know, and how Howard Wood is such a such a great like facility and that that like meet that they put on for the high schoolers is so good like uh man I just wish that there was I mean they used to have like college races there and stuff um but yeah I think it's just at like a weird time in the season for for a lot of the schools but man I wish I wish there could be something like really big like like a really elite you know 1500 or mile or something there because because it's a great and that place is packed man you know like you get you get just as many you get way more people there in that stadium than uh, you know most you know outdoor like regular season track meets I feel like so yeah that was an idea pretty early on for me um, and I've talked to I've talked to a few people about this so just maybe putting on an elite race because um, this was like when Simeon was doing really well I was like how cool would it be to have me come back Simeon like one of the best high school milers in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and get these sponsors involved and invite all these other pros and kind of create a prize purse. Uh, you, you guys probably saw Sam's like Delaware challenge thing last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Basically I wanted to do something like that um, in front of all those fans and stuff. I, that's probably still a work in pro like work in progress, like maybe not this year, but next year. Cause it's, it is at a weird time for pros like April, like we're going to be doing a lot of just base training. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. The prize purse would have to be pretty big for us to go yeah convince like maybe not for me but for other guys 
So I'm just kind of get gathering feedback about it. Um, but eventually I think I would like to do something like that. Um, but yeah, anyways, yeah. Like it was, it was great to go back to South Dakota. Um, I have no complaints, even though I didn't break four, like I, I it was still valuable. For sure. But you got it done, you know, uh, a week later at BU and uh, great race there. If you got time, you can touch on it. But I know when we started the podcast, you said you were heading out this weekend. What does the rest of the season kind of look like from here? Yeah, BU is great. Um, got into the fast heat, which I was stoked about. Um, that's all I really needed. Like I knew I was is going to be paced for 353 or 54. Uh I didn't go in trying to win the thing. I just needed to get another race under my belt. Um, and I needed to break four just to get that out of my brain because it's just kind of that mental barrier, you know, before you can kind of know you can do it, right? So did that. Felt really good doing it. Um, I didn't race probably to the standard I, I should have. I, I got detached pretty early and... Um, but yeah, I was still stoked about it. Like dream come true, obviously. Um, just a big thing, like for my like family, you know, it's like they can tell people I'm a sub four guy, you know, it's just like, it just means a lot to some of these older people that kind of know about that stuff. And for me, it was like, I know the bar is set so high that like this collegians running 351, you know? Um, so I just have a lot of work to do. Uh, so I just got right back to work. Um, got invited when I was in Boston to come out to Milrose uh, to run an invite mile. Um, so I'm going. I'm going to that this weekend with Sam and Drew. They're doing kind of like the invite 3K in the Wanamaker, obviously. Uh, so I'm super excited to go to New York. I haven't been there yet. Um, I know Milrose is insane. It's kind of like most prestigious indoor meet in the world right like yeah. yeah where all the best runners in the world go so you know it doesn't feel too bad to be in that yeah. position so if you got this cool meet that i've watched for so many years um i know the race is going to be fast like there's a bunch of studs in my race uh but the goal is to win um i i'm in really good shape right now i'm really confident in the finish and my speed and I've been killing workouts up here at altitude and just doing stuff I've never done in college, like not even close. Um, so I think like realistically, I'll, if I do what I can do, I'll hopefully get the win and, you know, hopefully go under 355 and just keep the train rolling. Um, you know, I, I always just set high expectations for myself and I didn't become a pro just to like, you know, sit back and be like, I'm a pro now, sick. Like, no, I'm, I'm trying to do stuff. Right. And I'm trying to like be a U.S. champion and um, be the best guy in Tin Man and like all that stuff. Like I, 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 yeah. want, I want the most out of myself and I know that I can run really fast and um, I know I'm really fit uh, and I have all the opportunities in the world to go out and get it done. So it's like, I'm just, I'm super stoked for this weekend. I hope it, I hope it goes well. I, I know it's going to be fun, fun meet. And after that, it's like, 
probably USA's. They only let 12 guys into the 1500 indoors. So I'm hoping I can get into that. I have to enter tonight for that. Um, if I don't get into that, I'll probably go to BU um, again for a last chance. I know they're trying to break the American record in the mile um, with Cole Hawker and Cooper Tier and I think Sam is trying to get into that race, and I know Jordy Beamish is doing that. And I'll hopefully have a good enough time to get into that if I don't get to, into USA's. Um, and then, yeah, hopefully run really fast and kind of set myself up for a really good outdoor season. But I'll take a, I'll take a break after indoors, reset, uh, and then just get ready for outdoors. We just sat down and figured out my schedule for that. Um, a lot of fun meets on the calendar for that. Might be coming back to Drake Relays. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, I think first season I just wanted to kind of get my toes wet um, and just see what I could do and just not not put too much emphasis on everything. Uh, but if I do it, I, I know I can do it. Like, I'm going to have a really good year, hopefully get in the U.S. final, try to mix it up with the big dogs. And, and then just next year, you know, Olympic year, Lots of lots of focus on track athletes. Lots of money gets put into the sport, and brands want to assign people. And the goal is just to like, you know, hopefully, hopefully, like make a name for myself and see if I can get close to that Olympic team. But uh, you know, I got to start small. I got I got a lot of work to do. So, <clears throat> but I'm excited, man. For real, for real. Hey, Austin, we are super excited for you. It sounds like you got great race coming up this weekend and a really good slate the rest of the indoor season. But uh, yeah, let me know when you're in Des Moines. Uh, we'll, we'll make sure we catch up here, but otherwise, best of luck the rest of the way. Appreciate it, guys. It was fun. Thanks for having me.